Angelo can like come into our headphones and give us yeah. instructions, and it's just like it's oh it's too much. <laughs> sort of like voice of God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'd be okay. If- God's voice sounded like Angela's. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, everybody. That is true. <laughs> Angela does so have friendly. a really great voice. Yeah. Like, relax, God. You know, just friendly. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey, man, what's going on? So about the sinning? Like, this, can, can we not do that? <laughs> Try it again. Yeah. Do less. You are dust. Into dust you shall return. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Jesuitical, a podcast by the effervescently young, gentilically hip, and endlessly lay editors of America Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm joined by Olga Segura. Hey, guys. And Zach Davis. You know, we've reached the point in the show where we're outside of my own lexicon, and I need to Google the definition <laughs> of almost all our adverbs every week. <laughs> well, yes. Effervescently means bubbly, fizzly, like a nice bubbly soda. Nice. Um, gentilically is a... <laughs> a version of the word gentile um, if you say so <laughs> and endlessly i hope you know what I, that means yep um because what has it been happy liturgical anniversary yeah, happy anniversary you guys guys yes. we made it a whole liturgical a whole, year a whole liturgical year i'm proud of us which is almost 365 days but yes yeah, so jesuitical <laughs> launched last ash wednesday mm-hmm. and here we are again not canceled. Not, Not canceled. canceled. Good yeah. job. In fact, I think now we're in a new studio. Yeah. Things have changed, but I think we're maybe a little better at podcasting. I, I, I think so hope. too. <laughs> but if you've been with us from the beginning or from five seconds ago, <laughs> thank you for being a part of our community. Yeah, yeah it's been really wonderful. Um, and par- part of the celebration of this anniversary is we got a beautiful new logo. Um, so shout out to Angelo for creating that because it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's so, so beautiful. It's Go fun. check and, out our Twitter. And we did it an awkward family photo shoot too, yeah. which uh, <laughs> if you want to see one of the products of that, it's in the uh, cover photo of our Twitter profile. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, so what's on tap, Zach? So uh, nothing. Um, <laughs> to celebrate the one year liturgical anniversary. We're drinking nothing. No, it is Lent. It's Ash Wednesday yeah. we're recording this. Everybody mm-hmm. looks great with their ashes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they um, do. Thank you. I have, a, I have a really big one. Yeah. Yeah, yours uh, is definitely the biggest. What does mine look like? I haven't... I Wait, let me see, it. Ashley. Let me just, it, looks, it looks good. Wow, okay. it looks so stupid. It's, a, it's, a, it's a little longer on the left side, but it still oh, looks okay. really good. Well, that's Eric's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Father Sundrup gave us some ashes um, today. Um, but since it's Lent, we are continuing our tradition of last year, which is we are not drinking during Lent. So. Is it the whole Lent or just the first one? I think the whole Lent. Okay. We may or may not get a dispensation for St. Patrick's Day Okay. to yeah. be determined. All right, cool. Who are we talking to this week, Olga? Today, we're talking to two of the hosts of Unorthodox, Liel Leibovitz and Stephanie Butnick. And for those listeners, for those Jesuitical listeners who aren't also Unorthodox listeners, we actually got our format for this podcast from them. Yeah, no, I've been listening to Unorthodox, which is a Jewish um, podcast produced by Tablet Mm -hmm. Magazine, which is a a Jewish magazine. Um, I started listening to the podcast in like 2015, and I was like, why doesn't there needs to be a Catholic version right. of this? And so that's kind of part of the origin story of Jesuitical. So like we have signs of the times, they have news of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we are very excited to yeah. have them. What, on. A, what a perfect way to celebrate our liturgical I anniversary. I can't wait. Yes, it's going to be great. All right. But first, 
Signs of the Times, the part of our show where we sift through the Catholic news of the week so you don't have to. So last week, um, two employees at Catholic institutions, one in Florida, one in Alberta, Canada, um, were fired uh, because of their because they're gay. Uh, one of the women in Florida was a first grade teacher. Uh, she got married, uh, posted about it on social media and came back and from her wedding and was fired. Uh, the man in Canada uh, had been a lay pastoral associate at a church for years um, and was confronted with a file. Apparently for eight years, they had been collecting evidence about his... Uh, it's like a dossier of his yeah, personal life. Yeah, of his well. personal life uh, to prove that he was in a relationship mm-hmm. with a man. So this is, you know... Th- this is not, not the, the first, first time. time. Right, yeah. Right. Um, according to New Ways Ministry, uh, at least 80 people have been fired from Catholic institutions in the uh, past decade. Uh, so, so why are we talking about it now? It's a good question. <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't know the answer to. <laughs> I mean, Ashley, you just mentioned that this has been happening for a decade. Um, yeah. But I think now we're seeing more mainstream media kind of focusing on these individual cases. And I think especially with Father James Martin, who has been on our show and has talked about this, I think his book and just the kind of he has his a book, very building a bridge. Exactly. He has a very large following and he's very, very vocal on LGBT issues within the Catholic Church. So I think that is also adding to the attention to these cases. Right. We're reaching a period of normalization where Mm -hmm. after same-sex marriage was legalized across the entire country in 2015, that now more of these cases are coming up. And sort of the issue is not that the church doesn't have the the legal right to do this, um, because it certainly does. It's a religious institution. It is not necessarily bound by discrimination laws that other places might be. However, the church's own teaching says it should avoid any unjust discrimination. Mm-hmm. And so something the editors at America have written about before and Father James Martin's been very vocal about mm-hmm. is would you apply, would you apply the same uh, standard to heterosexual couples? Would you, you know, be compiling dossiers on their personal mm-hmm. life to see if they're uh, sleeping together before marriage or using artificial birth control? Mm-hmm. And Yes. No. <laughs> My sister uh, teaches at a Catholic school and I'm pretty sure they have not been investigating her love life Mm -hmm. since she worked there so it does it really um it's the it's the inconsistency and it really it creates division in in these communities so it's a place where the church has some work to do to figure out Mm -hmm. how how best to uh deal with these delicate situations our next story comes from florida where a new resolution was passed 18 to 1 in january that declared uh pornography a public health risk now this doesn't necessarily ban pornography or censor it or anything like that. Uh, so what what does that actually mean, Olga? Yeah, so like you said, it's not they're not trying to ban pornography or they're not trying to create legal consequences for its use or di- distribution. But what they're trying to do is raise awareness of the public risk that young people especially are facing because of pornography. So there's this whole website dedicated to this resolution called People Not Porn, which has been endorsed by the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. And this is really interesting because last week we talked to Christine Emba about the Me Too movement. And one of the things that we've been seeing a lot is sort of how pornography has affected a lot of the ways in which we as a society talk about sex, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and it's interesting that this is happening now to this this past weekend in the New York Times magazine, there was a big feature on um, porn literacy. So mm-hmm. there are now uh, uh, programs in places like Boston where, you know, they they go under the assumption that teenagers are going to be watching porn and like try to give them the tools to consume it responsibly, which mm-hmm. is, you know, 
that's one approach. It sounds like the Catholic Church might have another approach. Um, but I think there it seems like both sides that might not see eye to eye completely on porn, both see it as a risk that mm-hmm. needs to be addressed because of the way it affects young people. Well, it, it, and it's almost like sort of these porn literacy programs aren't necessarily, it, it's almost like conceding defeat that like, you, you know, these kids are getting their sexual education, not from uh, school or the communities, but from the internet. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of have to just play catch up almost, right? right? right. And so, you know, the church, as you said, might have a different approach, but yeah. like something it could step in here is have a very positive role in the discussion. I think, you know, as we talked to Christine about last week, we're more open to renegotiating sexual morality. Mm-hmm. Um, whether and there seems to be an acknowledgement that porn has been harmful for women who find themselves in sexual relationships and being treated as objects, you know, because of what their boyfriends or partners have seen mm-hmm. uh, in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I do think, I think there's an opening for the church if it approaches this in the right way to actually make a positive contribution to that discussion, and which, I, yeah. Do, I was, you, do you have faith in the church's ability to do well, that? Well, I don't know. I was thinking, like, it has lost a lot of credibility in the public sphere and even among its own adherents, mm-hmm. um, its own members, in its sort of its sexual ethic. Um, but it's also something I feel like, you know, because of the way I was brought up mm-hmm. in the church and in my youth group and stuff, I, ha- I don't really, like, I feel like I you know, I'm a good guy. I don't yeah. participate in locker room talk or I don't yeah. like really publicly degrade women. But I also like, I don't, I, I don't really feel comfortable talking about sexuality in a positive way. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, yeah. I don't have anything to offer constructive when these conversations come I, up. I mean, really. I think just Zach, you admitting that is super refreshing. And it's because I've, I've had a lot of conversations like this with my male friends and we're just, we're realizing like these, all of my guy friends are great, but we've literally sat with one another and been like, we do not know how to talk about sex with each other Mm-mm. as men and women. And I think just even admitting that and being like, because of what I was taught, whether it's in the church, outside of the church, I don't know how to have these conversations. And unfortunately we, we do have to, which is why, you know, resolutions like this, and especially if the church can kind of endorse them, it's helpful because it gives us a, a great starting point, you know? I think this is going to be a continuing conversation, and it would be great if the church was involved in it. What's next, Zach? The Carmel Catholic Robotics team, ranked number 15 in the world, qualified for the state tournament in Illinois. So Wait, how are they, like, it, it's a little confusing. competing for states if they're already the best <laughs> Because, in the like, the tournament, state tournament still <laughs> oh, yeah. has to happen, okay. right? You okay. don't just get to walk up and say, hey, we're 15 in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, we win. They still have to qualify. <laughs> but, uh, so, the students at Carmel Catholic High School, uh, they're named Not Your Average Nerds. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's cute. Uh Nyan for those playing at home um, but I brought it the story not just because it was a Catholic school building yeah. robots but because I think a lot of people don't think of the church being on the cutting edge of technology mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's fair to say <laughs> um, but it used to be and it could be once again and yeah. so it's really good to see uh, like this being integrated as part of Catholic school curriculum mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's either separated, like you build robots and do science stuff or you read books. Yeah. And I'm sure that these students are getting a good, wholesome Catholic education. <laughs> Agreed. And we, you know, you also need people with like strong moral development and knowing that these are the people who are building mm-hmm. our future yeah, technology. Yeah, AI is horrifying. Exactly. And when robots are horrifying. <laughs> exactly. And Elon Musk builds worthless pieces of technology. Yeah, so if we, have, if we have a good, strong Catholic moral mm-hmm. voice inside of, of this technology, that, that would be ideal, I think. So Agreed. keep it up, nerds. Yep. It, they, maybe they can prevent the robot apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs>
episode today in studio, we're very excited to welcome two of the hosts of Unorthodox, Stephanie Butnick and Liel Leibovitz. I'm so sorry if I butchered your name. <laughs> the Latino and the Bronx girl in me has a very hard time pronouncing names. You did um, perfectly. Great, oh great. Gosh. So, welcome to Jesuitical, you guys. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Shalom. <laughs> we look at you as our older sibling, both in the faith and in the podcasting ro- world, because we did, you know, crib a little bit from your <laughs> your format. Um, and, and just as you did with religion, you took the yep. main idea and then you did it way better, way fancier on a global scale. So we're grateful all around. So, so for those of our listeners who are not familiar with your podcast, what I, is unorthodox? They should be. They should be. But for those who aren't, what is unorthodox? So unorthodox is what we call the world's leading Jewish podcast. Um, it's me and Liel and Mark Oppenheimer, who's our third host. And we we talk about the news of the Jews. It's, it's a familiar structure to, to some your listeners, mm, yeah. I think. So we talk about news of the Jews, and then we have a Jewish guest each week, and then we have a Gentile of the week, and they get to bring a question for us, you know, after the interview, basically, that says something they've always wondered about Judaism or about Jews, but, like, didn't know who to ask, mm. and, like, everything's on the table for that one. Yeah. Uh, the highlight of my career was being the Gentile of the week once on Unorthodox. <laughs> I would say the highlight of our career is right here, right now. Although I will say, uh, though I'm not usually one who dwells on the troubled past uh, of the relationship between the church and, and the Jews. Um, but now that you're here. <laughs> I, I will not, it has not escaped me that, that we are here on uh, virtually the one afternoon where you cannot drink. Yeah. And uh, we, yeah. Thanks had, a lot, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Just twisting I, the knife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. We actually, we were supposed to have Guinness here, and I don't know where it is because we were like, let's give them the most Catholic drink. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys launched in 2015. Um, so, what goals did you have, did you guys have in mind when you started Unorthodox? I think what we wanted to do was sort of take what the types of conversations we would have in our staff meetings and in the office, just mm-hmm. interesting things that happen and are, are sort of funny or, or hopefully smart and somewhat enlightened takes on them and and bring, put that out there and see if other people, you know, are having the same kind of conversations, are, are curious about the same things. And also a way to say, you know, if you're curious about your Judaism, if you're curious about Judaism in general, if you want sort of just a place to talk and to hear things, just sort of like a Jewish sensibility, essentially, mm-hmm. like we wanted just a place to do that. And it's, you know, it's accessible to anyone. It's, you know, we love our non-Jewish listeners. Honestly, they yeah. are the best. Like they, first of all, they're the nicest. <laughs> they, get, they send us the nicest notes as opposed to our Jewish listeners who are like, I don't know why you said this. And I'm like, why guys, why can't you be more like the Gentiles? But the idea was just sort of a place to, to learn a little bit more about Judaism, about mm-hmm. Jews and, and culture and things like that. And I confess that I, I, I totally didn't understand uh this medium and and this podcast when i sign on to do it i thought it just you know it'd be a lark um having <laughs> done it now for for some years i am overwhelmed and entirely grateful uh at seeing how meaningful this is for people who are really seeking some kind of spiritual engagement some kind of communal engagement some kind of sense of belonging and yet feel like they really don't have any place to turn mm-hmm. to because you know they're not going to join a, a synagogue that you know is a step too far for a lot of mm-hmm. secular Jews they're not maybe going to subscribe to a newspaper or a magazine but this is this is something that they feel they could do uh, and and to see those people write in from literally all corners of the world and and tell us how much it means to them is about the most gratifying thing I could think of. Yeah. No, when we started this podcast, we kind of, we had this inkling that there were like 
you know, people who maybe like went to a Jesuit university or did a Jesuit volunteer corps and then kind of were like put into young adulthood and did not have a community that they felt at home at. And I will say for me, at least like that has also been the most gratifying Mm -hmm. uh, part of doing the show is hearing from people who are like, you guys are like my church. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, it'd be great to top the charts. (laughs) <laughs> but like I, I'm more interested in like the, the community that we're building too yeah. in mm-hmm. I think that do you think that shapes your podcast in a certain way like you're not trying to you know be unlike serial. us you aren't evangelizing like you're not trying to get converts are you we're not trying to get that's, converts. that's but, a business plan for yeah. 2019 <laughs> but, but i think what we're trying to do is just be a place that someone can find very easily right like mm-hmm. you guys are expressly for young young people and mm-hmm. we're not you know we are reaching everyone but the truth is a lot of people you 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 grow up you have whatever religious structure you grew up with you went to whatever your parents basically made you do on the weekends mm-hmm. and then you get to college and you have you know we have a hillel you go to the Catholic Student Center, you have that community still. And then you get out of college and you're like, wait, where do I, where do I go? And, you know, yeah. you, Liel mentioned not joining mm-hmm. a synagogue. That's prohibitively expensive for a lot of young people who are single. Obviously, people are getting married later. Like the, the way in which demographics are changing, there are a lot of Jews specifically who are just sort of like wandering out there who care about being Jewish but don't actually know how to Right. do it in a lot of ways and you see the rise of a lot of like Shabbat programming that people do like Friday night dinners mm-hmm. together and it's just people are actually like grasping for ways to to engage spiritually and what I am really surprised and so so gratified by is the response we've gotten to the podcast which is basically like this is the Jewish thing I do mm-hmm. once a week I, I listen to you guys and, does that upset you learn? at all because like you're more like you know, by the books kind of guy, Jew- right? Jewish without the dash in between. Is there some sort of like yeah. tension where you find yourself like judging listeners who like? Yes, and that's... it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> is that why you're the most beloved host? Judging everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I actually think it's why I'm the least beloved host among our audience. Stephanie clearly is uh, the, the card favorite. No, but to, to, to build on what Stephanie was saying, um, and and to, to kind of get back to your question, Zach, I, I think. We learn a surprising amount um, from from our listeners because what they're really telling us is is what they care about and mm-hmm. and what their world looks like and and what their you know their conundrums and their struggles look like and and we respond to that and the fact that we are so different among ourselves that we have different levels of observance and believe you know more or less the same thing but in in very different <laughs> shades. Um, that I think sponsors the kind of conversation that to me feels both very constructive and very Jewish in which mm-hmm. we say, look, like all of, you know, Judaism, basically from the Talmud on, this is, this is a conversation. This is not mm-hmm. a monolithic uh, attempt to, to put down some law. This is uh, rather an invitation to partake in an argument, but in a way that makes you feel like you're welcome in it and, and you're not fighting with the other person. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually trying to build a community that has respect respectful ish disagreements <laughs> but also shared foundations um see i think that's what i'm most jealous of your show is like you guys can actually you 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 have to disagree with each other like oh, there's yeah. no option you're gonna disagree and we're like the thing we are often workshopping is like okay how can we like 
mm-hmm. not agree on this topic. Because yes, like, you, you need some conflict. Very nice. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's because yeah. we get How? a lot of the snarkiness out in prep, um, yeah. so it doesn't. Oh, I totally over. believe that. <laughs> <laughs> now, not to go all the podcast host and interview yeah. you guys here, but I'm, I'm very I have curious. So many questions. Have, yeah, we have like a million questions. So I've always wondered on Ash Wednesday. I see some people who have like really amazing crosses, and some like they're just kind of smudged and not as well formed. Like, like can, we you learn rank, about you can you rank on, our we, ashes? Yeah, rank Because I, I actually don't know what mine Definitely not like. going to do that. But when you get them, could you just be like, uh, do you mind just, could, could I've you ask for a do-over? Do that. I've, I've been tempted. Ashley, you have something nice going on. I, you have sort of like a, a, yeah, de- there's a, a deliberate smudge. Yeah, yeah no, I like and that. I, that was all Father Eric Sundrup. <laughs> Stephanie um, then looked at mine as a point of contrast. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have a very, yours is thick. Like, yours, yours is kind of like, yours is like really, really Monday night okay. football. Yeah. Yeah. Yours, is actually, yours is very delicate. Yeah. 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 It's like a flower, mine's like a star, and his is like a smudge. It's a little bit Rorschach-y, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Sorry, I don't know. You realize it's their party. This no, is what no. happens when you have Jews you, yeah, like, on your pod. Like, we'll just never stop talking. question. It's actually a comment. Yeah. That's what we deal with all oh, the time. Yes. So, yeah. so I've worked at Tablet since I was just out of grad school. And that was when I sort of became, was, you know, living in New York as a young person trying to navigate all these things. Working in a Jewish magazine is very weird for your spiritual life mm. because yes. – you spend so much time thinking about Jewish stuff, right? Like you think about, basically think about Jews all day long. You think about Israel, you think about the political stuff going on, but you also are thinking about, you know, Rosh Hashanah three months in advance, trying to plan your coverage, trying to see what new things you can write about. And, you know, all of a sudden the day comes and I'm always just like, oh, I actually need to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so curious. And, and obviously we're different types of magazines, right? Like we're a Jewish magazine, but we're not part of it. We're not tied to any specific movement. We're not. Yeah. The Vatican can't tell you to not publish something? <laughs> no. I mean, they can try. But I, I would like. That would be nice. That's, that only, would, that's only the tablet in the UK. But so I'm curious for you guys, because you guys are, you know, young people out in the world what is it like to work here and then to sort of go home and, and live your spiritual lives well i don't i almost feel like i i lull myself into thinking i'm doing it if i'm at my church and they pass around the basket i'm like i already work for the church i don't need to give them any money <laughs> or like hey we're doing this service project and i'm like i already work for the church i don't need to do any service projects or like we're having this prayer group and i'm like i'm already doing that once a week in my I don't need to do that. so i use it as a as a crutch to not engage as a in, get out of jail free yeah, yeah totally get out of church free card yeah no there's and, definitely a like a thing of being like a professional Catholic where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm doing this yeah, most of the weeks and, and Sunday. So like the rest of the time, you know, do I really need to like pray? Because I'm just like, mm-hmm. my, my work is my prayer. Like that's what, how I justify <laughs> not praying is I, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I go to community groups on Tuesdays with my boyfriend and yesterday, like I was just in a really crappy mood and I was like, you know what? I don't need to go to community group because I'm immersed in Christianity <laughs> nine to five. And he was like, I don't think that's how it works. And I'm like, it, it, totally. Like I'm yeah. I'm editing Catholic stuff all day. This counts. God he, knows yeah. my heart. He's like, I've hung out with your coworkers. It's not at all what it's like. <laughs> but I think there's a way in which there there should, I, I do believe as like a professional Jewish person, um, that is that could be your my religious identity. Like maybe I am doing something. I mean, this is me, like a very optimistic reading. Like good, I'm doing something for the community. Mm-hmm. But I guess I still have to like figure out what I'm doing on Saturdays <laughs> too, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because like my husband's a sports reporter, and he sort of feels a little bit similarly about sports. It's like mm-hmm. when you're immersed in something all day long, and then mm-hmm. the weekend comes, and you're like, you don't want to do that. You don't <laughs> 
Um, so we've mentioned several times now that today is the today as we're recording is the beginning of Lent. So what are kind of some important Jewish traditions or holidays that are that our listeners might not know about? Similar to Lent. Rabbi Leo, yeah. take this one. <laughs> I'm curious to see, well, you know, the obvious answer would be Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you guys actually fast on Yom Kippur. Full day, oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you guys know that like day. Catholic fasting is you get two small meals and a snack. Yeah. yeah. A full, no, no, a, a, a full meal and oh. two small meals that don't add up to okay. another full meal. It's even worse. <laughs> that is oh my nuts. God. <laughs> so Jewish have, fasting you guys are lucky. Is, <laughs> is even more amazing because... It first of all, it's for a period of like 25 hours. Like it's very not at all difficult to do. Before it, people eat as if they're going to be deprived of food for the next 36 (laughs) years. You know, people literally go out. You go out on the Upper West Side like two hours before Yom Kippur begins, and you know, you see these like families ordering 700 courses, just like stuffing their faces, and then. Immediately upon the conclusion of said holiday, people just like just descend on mounds of bagels. It's so probably so bad for you. Also, the Jews who did not fast also yep. observe breakfast. <laughs> uh, and then throughout the course of this 25 hours, when as you sit in shul and, you know, potentially theoretically pray, all everyone could talk about is like, when does this end? So hungry. <laughs> I'm so hungry. As if this was like some protracted war or famine or something yeah. like that. And like it hasn't only been six hours since your last <laughs> enormous meal. Uh, but the amazing thing about about the Day of Atonement that I love dearly, and it's changed theologically through the years, it used to be a sort of like, well, you know, you come in and you confess for your previous sins. Uh, and then, you know, someone thought, well, this sounds a lot like some traditions that mm-hmm. you guys have. So like, we're going to change this up. Um you now basically ask for forgiveness for everything you're going to do from this point until the next Yom Kippur, until next year. Uh, this is the closest we'll ever get to the idea of grace. Mm. It's sort of like, you know what? You're already forgiven. Now, try try to try to live up to the promises you're <laughs> making here. It's wow. a really amazing kind of happy day despite mm-hmm. the fasting. Is there supposed to be like some freedom in knowing that? Tremendous and, yeah. and inspiration. Uh, so the, the belief is that there's a really brief period uh, of 10 days in which, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, which is kind of like a horrible day of, you know, real divine judgment, uh, the book of life opens and you're written in one of two volumes uh, and you hope it's the one that says life and not the other one. And you have 10 days to basically repent and really work very, very hard and meditate and think and make all kinds of promises and arrangements. And then on Yom Kippur, the books are sealed. Uh, and it's kind of a happy day because you arrive after doing this long process of, you know, spiritual work with this feeling of like, okay, well, you know, we have a year of trying to get a little bit better. Mm. And that's like Ash Wednesday when you're reminded that you're going to die. That could also mm-hmm. be seen as like YOLO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OG YOLO. It's like spiritual it's YOLO. It, it is like mixed perfectly like this bit of, uh, you know, pessimism. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to continue sitting yep. throughout mm-hmm. the next year, but also like this optimism that or it's not optimism, it's hope. Yeah. But maybe yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Maybe less. <laughs> yeah. But it's the idea that everything good, I mean, everything good comes like, you know, this, like, it's just to me, the two go hand in hand in, in a really beautiful way. And to mm-hmm. actually sit and acknowledge that and reflect in that is beautiful. I have a question about the ashes. Okay. Where do they come from? 
They come so on Palm Sunday, um, the week before Easter, we there's you bring you have actual palms, uh, like when Jesus went into Jerusalem. They're all shipped from Florida. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> all over the world. So you you get a palm out, out at mass on Palm Sunday, and then everyone like folds it into their uh, a little cross while they're not paying attention to the homily, and then <laughs> a year later, those palms are burned at the church and turned into ashes that you used to Look do this. I like that. Yeah. Which is supposed to be symbolic because, you know, the people waving palms at Jesus as he's riding into Jerusalem mm-hmm. or, you mm-hmm. know, like hailing him as a political figure and a savior. And then you're sort of reminded that like the same, the same like tool you use to praise Jesus with is like going to be the same one that reminds That's you right. of your sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have a question for you guys. So like, I know there are some um, Jews who get like Christmas trees or <laughs> kind of like, you know, kind of adopt some Christian practices. Do you guys want, like, have you ever wanted ashes? Or is it like, that's weird? Okay. <laughs> I, in co- my senior year of college, I did like a column for the newspaper, right? Basically, our, I went to Duke and the motto was like, eruditio et religio. And basically the column was like, et religio. Like, what, where is it? Um, because, you know, like. Everyone was going to basketball games. I was just sort mm-hmm. of like, there must be people doing other things here. And so I would each week or every other week, whatever it was, I would go to a different service. And I did. I went to mass um, at the chapel, at the Duke Chapel. It's beautiful. And at the end, they basically say, like, when you go up for, you can go up for a blessing mm-hmm. and then you hold your arms in a certain way mm-hmm. so that you don't get the sacrament. And I was so nervous <laughs> and I like kind of messed it up. And I don't know. I mean, I would like ashes because I think it's cool. I wouldn't want to offend anyone yeah, by so taking them. We were talking about this a little bit. There's mm-hmm. not actually any real restriction on who can receive ashes the way there are with other sacraments. Um, so theoretically, like if you wanted them. Now, there are two different formulations. One is very much Christian focus. It's repent, believe in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, but the other one is just comes from... Uh, you know, what Genesis, is, right? I think so. Remember that you are dust and to dust you shall mm-hmm. return. Mm-hmm. We know from Genesis. Yeah. So, so I feel like it could be Eric Sundrup could hook you up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know if we're in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> so and is it is everyone in the office have it? Like is it a you know the people who Yeah, don't no, have there's it. no hiding. There really isn't any hiding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, not everyone has it. Not everyone who works here is Catholic. But yeah. um today you sort of know who's I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I want to move on to uh, something that's been causing me great stress is I haven't been able to really plan for Lent this year because I've been waiting to figure out what my Lenten penance is going to be. Oof. Now, yeah. I hear that you guys are prepared to tell us. So, yeah, we had Father Jim on our live show a few weeks ago, and he had the most he told us the most amazing thing, which I know he told he said on your first mm-hmm. episode, he said that his in college, his Jewish friend said, you can't choose what you give up for Lent. That's too easy. We should choose for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I was horrified by the concept, <laughs> but it's kind of brilliant. And so we came today thinking that we, again, a little uncomfortable with this. <laughs> oh, I would often say that in, in, in true Talmudic manner, Stephanie and I have been spending three weeks debating the merits of this in like, depth okay? that you would Can never believe. So we've, we've, we settled on something. I know... Father Jim's, his friends give him like a food, a spice, Mm -hmm. uh, something. We wanted to go a little bit simpler, but maybe more universal too. We had some sadistic ideas, you know. Such as. as. I know you wouldn't make me give up Jack Daniels, right? No cell phones. (laughs) No cell phones. It's 2018. Who's going to do that? No one's going to do that. Or like Uh, no sugar. I mean, we wanted to go a little bit deeper, (laughs) a little bit more philosophical. And so here's what we thought. 
and and this is very much in 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 your spirit uh you know um, i say this as i believe this is one of my favorite mm-hmm. identification cards the, the only Leibowitz who subscribes this to america this is true Magazine. i have checked um so in in your spirit we'd like to offer you the following thing um no 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 political arguments by which we mean at all by which we mean anytime anyone says something for the next 40 days no matter how you know heinous wrong minded um we listen and we say thank you for your opinion that's very interesting without any rebuttal wow how does that sound okay i think it sounds it like seems you it's really hard yeah yeah does, okay. Can I get an exemption for the editorial meetings? <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because me and Olga are both on the uh, op-ed team. Yeah. Ter- terms and restrictions apply. But just the idea being that, No, like, I love this. I, yeah. so there I. was a weekend. When was it? Oh, it was New Year's where I just like, no one talked about Trump for like, 48 you know? hours and mm-hmm. it was so great yeah, so first yeah. we're thinking, this is a great mercy yeah, this is great. I feel like it's going to be the hardest for Zach though am yeah, I wrong I, well it's going to be <laughs> more difficult than that weekend because now you have to listen to someone talk about Trump and yeah. you can't talk back yeah no mm-hmm. it will okay. be great. Yep. just the idea okay. of being like don't engage and, yeah. and, and just let it be and just sort of see what happens but we will add in solidarity uh, you know it, it, truly and profoundly we have decided to also give something up for Lynn Okay. Okay. Um, shall I go first? Yeah. So I, um, I is there is there terminology? I I, I hereby pledge. I hereby vow. <laughs> yeah, how do I do this? Holding? I'm giving up. I am giving up my Lenten promise. My Lenten promise is to give up uh, some words that I use very frequently that okay. the listeners of this here podcast probably have never heard before, <laughs> uh, but the listener of our podcast hear all the time. Uh, and and I will not say them for the All next right. forty days. And you've done very well okay. so far. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I tried this before. It worked for a while. I've slipped some. Uh, I'm I'm happy to uh, to to struggle once again. Okay. Okay. That's great. What Stephanie? about you, Stephanie? So mine is actually going to be very difficult. Um, we get letters occasionally that say, you know, I really like the show, but that but that girl host, she says like a lot. <gasps> they usually are <laughs> along those lines, and uh, yes. I say like. I mean, I it, it it it's a flourish that I rely on, and and for a while I was trying. You know, I was like, you're a professional woman, don't say like. And then I was like. <laughs> this is how I express myself and I can actually be smart and, and say something that maybe isn't but so I'm going to give up like I'm going to give up gratuitous use of the word like and I think it's going to be really hard so again this idea is like <laughs> wow. that was not gratuitous that was gratuitous that was needed but the idea wow. being we can all deprive ourselves of food I mean I'm not trying to be some sort of you know Catholic missionary here but yeah. the idea of depriving yourself of food I get that okay you're going to mm-hmm. be You'll think about it three times a day. You'll you'll sort of it'll be annoying at, at mm-hmm. dinner with friends. But I love the idea of just stopping yourself. In, it being sort of it being more in your own head and something mm-hmm. you have to think about constantly. Yeah. And why you do the things you do and mm-hmm. say the things you say yeah. and what right. motivates you to be that way. Should yeah. I give up gratuitous giggling? I also get emails about like you should stop giggling so much. Yeah. I take it. I take it from men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, we got that one uh, feedback that was like the two female hosts should really stop giggling because it's not professional. And we were just like, <laughs> like I've never so, laughed on the show. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the two um, female hosts on that show should really be guys. <laughs> really be men yeah. with their manly giggles. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think? Do you like that? Or no, like that? I, I think really great. Yeah. 
But yeah. I'm also going to do the Whole30 because I have a wedding coming up. And that's <laughs> actually a good time and to do Whole30. I like that. That right there. That's Lent right there. Because <laughs> okay, I really was like prepared to like, oh my God. People are like, I'm going to give up chocolate. Yeah. But I also yes. want to look good and yeah. for oh, yeah. bathing suits. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is sort of, we talked about this before, it sort of misses the whole point of Glent, which is not to self-improve necessarily, like right. in a superficial Wait, sense. What? But to struggle. <laughs> yeah, it, it's different than a New Year's resolution, right? Yeah. yeah. The point is suffering. Yeah. yeah come yeah. on, though. We this have, is we like have that in good old-fashioned religion. That's <laughs> yes. what we do. Yeah. So, you guys, this has been great, but we've got one final question for you guys. If you could canonize anyone, living or dead, Catholic or non-Catholic, who would it be and why? Stephanie, is it Drake? No, I don't oh. think he... Is it Mr. Stevens? <laughs> no, my cat Cat Stevens. He is not being canonized right now. Um, I, Shot out of I a cannon, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to punt this to you and then I'm going to think about it a little bit. Okay. Um, so oh, I my, know what you're going to say. <laughs> my, 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 my first thought uh, was, was Father James Martin. Uh, who's really one of the people I admire most. You're really uh, playing to the, to the base right now. You know, he calls himself it's, the most Jewish Jesuit. I think uh, you I might know. be the most Jesuit Jew I've ever met. <laughs> well, I, I, have, I have a, a strong admiration for, for, for yeah. this here church. Um, but I think, I, think, I think Father Jim could take care of himself. I think he already has like the, like the plug-in to that, right? I mean, he doesn't yeah. need me. Yeah. He doesn't need some Jew to come in and say, well, he should be, he's canonized. Then I thought, you know, that there, there are, you know, quite, quite a few Catholic writers I admire. I'd like to see G.K. Chesterton. Uh, but he also could take probably, he doesn't need my, my good words. And so I'm, I'm going to go with my rabbi, who I feel is, uh, is very much in the spirit of this wonderful conversation we're having right here. Uh, you know, the, the spirit of transcendence and, and true faith. Uh, so if any of you could put in a good word for Leonard Cohen, Please do. That's okay. Of course. I knew Saint, you were going to say that. Saint Leonard. Saint Leonard. Of the Saint Leonard. And you can buy Liel's book on Leonard Cohen. It's called A Broken Hallelujah on Amazon. That's great. Is it bad that I want to say Barbara Streisand? Like, no, I thought not I, I need to sort of say a Jewish person. And I think that what she did with being a woman, being a Jewish woman, and being, you know, like producing her own movies at a time when no one was doing that. And this idea that she looked a certain way that was not how you're supposed to look. And I know maybe this is not like the terms for canonization, but I don't know. I think she'd be good at it. I think she would just like, I could see her. She would be a fabulous saint. Yeah, like, I can see the stained glass yeah. now. It's, yeah. it's very glamorous. You would get a whole lot of new people into church <laughs> that you, you've never seen before. It could be critical for evangelization. Yeah. <laughs> You should be yeah, like a Catholic me, yentl. Send me hate mail <laughs> at Jesuitical at America.org. <laughs> Hold on. Isn't a Catholic yentl a great idea? That, that You're going to have like to tell movie. us what a yentl is first. Stephanie Butnick. It's the movie. So yentl is this movie that uh, Barbara Streisand was in and also produced. And she yeah. basically is the only child of a very learned man and she's always reading and learning and she wants to go to school and they basically say you can't this is in like a, a shtetl somewhere uh-huh. yeah she can't can't read can't study because she's a woman so basically she cuts off all her hair become dresses as a man is completely un- not convincing so like joan of arc yeah yeah mm-hmm. like it's yep. it's it's like gij in a little bit <laughs> and then of course she falls in love with mandy patinkin who thinks she's like a guy i mean the whole thing is like okay. who, who knows her as a friend and she Okay. She doesn't look like a guy at all, by the way. But in the movie, everyone's like, of course, she's a man. She should be in our in our study session. Anyway. Okay. So we got St. Streisand, St. Cohen. Pray for us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I think we should probably, like, the Vatican sh- like, should really get a sign-off from 
a Jew for every saint, I think. Yeah. Like, we're, we're down with that. Yeah. The diversity. There might vote. be some yeah. popes yeah. that <laughs> would not be saints right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, Which is fine. <laughs> so where can people find your podcast and other works? Unorthodox drops every Thursday. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get um, your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at TabletMag. Um, we're all variously on Twitter and Facebook. We have a Facebook group for Unorthodox. Um, it's a really, really interesting place. Uh, and, then... and as always, www.tabletmag.com. Yep. There we go. Thank you so much for joining this us. This great. is the best yeah. anniversary well, and you. Valentine's this is a, Day yeah. and Ash Wednesday I want to say ever. happy Ash Wednesday, but I know you don't <laughs> no, say that. We, we actually, do. We, I've said it a few times today. So you're Mary, Mary Ash Wednesday. Mary Ash Wednesday. Mary Ash Wednesday. <laughs> happy holidays. Happy. <laughs> Stop the war, oh, Ash Wednesday. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Oh, my God. You guys are the best. That was amazing. Can we just combine podcasts? We should. Oh, man. We should do like a crossover episode, like a CSI thing. Before we get to listener feedback, we have some exciting podcast news from America. This week, we launched the Examine with Father James Martin podcast. So the Examine uh, is an Ignatian prayer that helps you, much like we do with Consolations and Desolations, look at like where you find God in your life. Um, so with this podcast, you'll get a guided meditation from Father James Martin as you uh, make your way through the Examine prayer. Um, and we've also got the Word podcast. So for every day of Lent, Elizabeth Kirkland Cahill will be providing audio reflections on the Psalms of the day. So if you're looking for some devotionals to take up during Lent, this is a good place to start. All right. Now on to some listener feedback. Caitlin wrote us an email this week in which she is really excited to say that she discovered this. But between listening to Jesuitical recently and then also attending uh, her Jesuit parish here mm -hmm. in New York, she sort of realized that she finds it really difficult to be in Catholic churches that are not Jesuit. And she mm -hmm. wants to know if we ever feel this way. Hmm. I do not go to a Jesuit church, but I, do I, do not, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. either. Which I, don't. I think people would be shocked to yeah. find out, actually. But. It's because we get a lot of Jesuits at yeah. work. So you need some variety need in your faith life. Just kidding. Um, though the oratorians do kind of remind me of Jesuits. They're also very learned priests, I would yes. say. <laughs> um, and I will say that there, there have been times when I go back to my church uh, in Arlington, Virginia, and, you know, I'm not as happy with it. As I used to be, mm -hmm. <laughs> because there's just like such a high quality of preaching at the church I go to. And, you know, working with Jesuits, you kind of get used to um, very deep, thoughtful reflections mm -hmm. on scripture that is not always present. Yeah, I think there's a lot to say here about feeling welcome in your own parish community. I would say that's sort of why we started this podcast to mm -hmm. sort of establish a community that people might not find uh, in their parishes or in their current communities. I know that's really difficult when you're mm -hmm. in new places and stuff. However, maybe like if you're finding it difficult, you know, dig into why. Mm -hmm. And it, are, can you bring to the table the gifts that the the gifts that you receive from maybe your Jesuit institution or wherever, whatever place community you came from before those gifts that you receive can you then give those to the new community that you have yeah that's a good idea zach <laughs> good, good thanks Ashley. <laughs> all right should we do some consolations and desolations let's do them sure zach what do you have so i have a consolation this week uh i've mentioned on the show before that holidays can tend to be a stressful time for me mm -hmm. um and this week is a big week for me it was my birthday this week happy birthday thank you, thank you. Century. wasn't fishing for that but thank you uh uh Today is Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, and then this weekend is also my girlfriend's birthday, and so it's a real—it's a lot of things happening yeah. all at mm -hmm. once. Um, but 
I took this weekend to really sort of, we got out of the city, Amanda and I did, we took a little jaunt out of the city and just really rested and sort of were calm and still. And it felt like I was in a place to receive the graces that came this week, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, to be able to like take in these moments and savor them, Eric used the word savor and I mm. sort of made a joke with him because that's such a campus ministry word. <laughs> like, yeah, got to savor. But like to be able to like, instead of just like, Doing the next thing and then the next yeah. thing and the next thing, taking moments to really appreciate them and feel God's presence in those. Yeah. And so that was my consolation this week. Great. Mm. What about you, Olga? So I've also, I've got a little bit of a mix of both. Um, so I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of personal issues and I was talking to a friend of mine today um, and she was kind of telling me that when she's going through a lot of difficult moments, whether she's sort of, whether she's dealing with depression or with family stuff, she tends to rely on her faith very heavily. Um, And kind of just seeing her faith in action and seeing how strongly she believes um, was really consoling for me. Um, And it was, it it made me realize that even though I'm going through my own personal suffering, God is still there, you know? Um, And it was just really comforting that, and and I'm not happy or anything, Mm -hmm. but it's still consoling to know that God is literally with you, you, even through the really crappy moments, you know? Especially in the crappy moments, I would say. Yeah, yeah, it's true. (laughs) What do you got, Ashley? Um, I have a consolation. Um, So as we mentioned before, this is our one one liturgical year anniversary. Um, And so I took took the opportunity, used this as an opportunity to go back and listen to our first episode. Oh, boy. (laughs) Latest episode. Um, and the good news is we weren't that bad back then, guys. Okay, okay that's good to know. <laughs> but I see, I've, I've said this before to you guys, like I often don't listen to the show because I like hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. and I know I'm just going to be critical of myself. Um, so my consolation was, you know, by, by listening this week, I was really for the first time able to like get out of my own head and like mm-hmm. realize this isn't just about me. Like, and thinking about the past year, I, you know, once I was over myself, I was able to see like all of the people that have contributed to this podcast mm-hmm. to make it what it is today, um, which is something really special. And like, but there's just like, there's so many people. There's right. like Eloise who keeps us on track and Angela who makes beautiful art and Eric who makes it. So I don't ramble when I do my constellations. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll end there, (laughs) but, but seeing, um, the consolation was, um, you know, getting myself out of the way and Mm -hmm. then seeing the way that God has been working with so many people to help me and us Mm -hmm. grow. So thanks to everyone. And if you're worried about just criticizing yourself while listening, just fo- just criticize. Listen to criticize me. <laughs> you know that's always easy for us. <laughs> One thing we've learned throughout this yeah. year. <laughs> All right, Jesuitical is brought to you by America Media and produced by Eloise Blondio. Our editor is Noah Levinson. Jesuit formation provided by Eric Sundrup, SJ. Engineering and new logo by Angelo Jesus Conte. Adverbs provided by our guest Stephanie Butnick. You can follow us on Twitter at Jesuitical Show and please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and leave us a review. Shout out this week to Linz11 and send us your questions, feedback, cocktail recipes, and tell us where you found God this week at Jesuitical at americamedia.org. For America Media, I'm Ashley McKinless with Olga Segura and Zach Davis. We will see you next week. <laughs>